And now, another timely and powerful message from Pastor Emmanuel Williams and Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee. Last week, we began reading from Luke chapter 2, and I want to start from verse, I think, verse 7 or verse 8, where we left off. Shortly after, we were told that Jesus was born in Bethlehem in a cave, a stable, in a feeding trough called the manger. Amen? I think that was verse 8. Avoid verse Luke chapter 2. Can you go to verse 7? Verse 7 reads, And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes. Amen? That's strip, strips of cloth. And laid him in a manger, which is a feeding trough. And the reason why we're told so is because there was no room for them in the inn. Let's go to verse 8. Verse 8. Verse 8 reads, And while that was going on, we are told that the angel of the Lord, uh, there were in the same country shepherds mm -hmm, abiding in the field, keeping watch over the flock by night. So we are told while Jesus was born in a cave, in a feeding trough, there were angels there were sorry shepherds out there keeping their flocks. They worked 24 hours. Amen. They never took a rest. And so we are told while they were there, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. You know, the most profound event in the history of the world, other than the crucifixion, was the resurrection. And yet, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Luke presented this amazing event in a very, very simple way for all of us to understand it. On earth, it seemed like a normal day. Mm, nothing unusual. But here we are told that God decided to pull back the curtains which separated the physical realm from the earthly realm and give us a peep of heaven's reaction at Jesus' birth. And that's what God is doing. On earth, a normal day. But God is showing us how heaven reacted to Jesus' birth. Isn't that a blessing? And so, brothers and sisters, I think we should do the very same thing. Hmm? This once-in-a-lifetime occurrence was announced to shepherds, not the prime ministers, not the Pharisees, not the Sadducees, not the so-called elites of the day, but to shepherds as they watched their flocks by night. This is what they did normally, watching their flocks by night for long hours. And while they were doing what they were called to do. Can you say, do what you were called to do? <laughs> While they were doing what they were called to do, lo and behold, the Bible tells us that they got the visitation from heaven. There are two points I want to make from this verse, and that is since Continue to show up to do what you were called to do. Let me say that again. Continue to show up to do what you were called to do. Because you never know when you're going to have your suddenly. The Bible says, and the angel of the Lord came upon them. That phrase came upon them means suddenly. They were out doing what they were born or called to do. And I'm saying this right here. I'm asking you in 2020, as we cross over in 22, will you show up? Will you show up and do what you were called to do? And I'm not necessarily talking about church. Yes, most times our Christian life is lived out in the presence of one another in church. Amen. What you do for the Lord, most of the times we do it in church. Except if you go out and witness, amen, or go to the hospital, praise the Lord. But most of the work that we Christians do a lot of times, it's in church. And I'm asking you, saints, don't you get wearing well doing? Amen. Show up 
and do what you were called to do because you just never know when God is going to come upon you. We all have needs. We all are seeking God for direction. And you just never know when God is going to pull back the curtains of heaven. Amen. And meet you at your point of need. And let me say that again. Not only show up, show up on time. Mm -hmm. Show up on time to do what you were called to do. And notice whom God shared the great announcement to. Angels. Sorry. Shepherds. Shepherds. Not the prime minister. Mm? Not the prime minister, not the president. Not the senate, house of representatives. No, he went to shepherds. God is sending us a message, brothers and sisters. God is not a showboat. Amen. God is about business. God goes to those who are serving. These people were serving. That's why I say show up as you should to do what you normally do for the Lord. You know, this scripture verse here really ministered to me about 10, 15 years ago because I used to straddle the fence in church. Mm, I used to come to church late every time. But I heard a favorite pastor of mine's preach. I'm talking about 15 years ago. It changed my life. It changed my perspective on what I did to for God, how I did it change my this christmas story has taught me a lot i'm here as a result of this right here this particular advice i'm sharing with you this point show up do what you were called to do for god and do it professionally do it faithfully because you just never know when god is going to come upon you you never know when God is going to send an angel. You never know when doors are going to be opened. Very important. As we cross over in 2022, I'm asking you, will you show up? In 20... <laughs> Amen. As 2021 comes to an end, I want you to keep that in perspective. Amen. Because a lot is happening out there. Since the world has changed. Let me say that again. The world has changed. It's never going back to be the same. My wife asked me to run an errand for her on Christmas Eve. And so I said, well, I know it's going to be a long time before I come back home. So let me take a few things with me in case I may have to go to the gym and so on. I came downtown and was shocked. Almost nobody was in town. Christmas Eve. The world has changed. And for the very first time it dawned on me. The new marketplace is really the internet. The social media platforms. It just, for, for some reason when I saw that, you see it hadn't done on me the way it should before Christmas Eve 2021. But Christmas Eve 2021, my life was changed. My mind concerning just the marketplace and how you serve people changed. Oh, hallelujah. So, I'm here to tell you, brothers and sisters, continue to do what you do for the Lord. You know, shepherds were common. Amen. They were considered outcasts by the Jewish hierarchy. Shepherds were near the bottom of the social ladder. They were uneducated and unskilled, increasingly viewed in the post-New Testament era as dishonest and unreliable disreputable characters, so much so that they were not allowed to testify in court. Because they were out working all the time, one commentator said that beneath their fingernails was always black. Because they were always in the dirt, working and taking care of the ship. And think about it, Jesus came thousands of years and after and said, 30 years after and said, I am the good shepherd. Why not announce it to the shepherd? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Psalms 23. You see, the Egyptians looked at shepherds as an abomination. That's why Joseph told his father and his brothers, do not tell Pharaoh that you're a shepherd. The world looked down on the shepherds. Society looked down on the shepherds. But God is always rooting for the underdog. If you feel like an underdog today, God is rooting for you. 
I want you to keep as we leave 2021 and go into 2022. Think about that. God is on your side. We just sang a song, just sang a song. I'm never alone. That's what we said. The Lord is my shepherd. Amen. I am not alone. He goes before me. The, what we need to do, brothers and sisters, what we need to do is get out from that natural realm and get into the spirit. Our problem is we stay so much in these five senses. We dwell so much in the flesh. So much so the flesh dictates the way we serve God. And I'm asking you to get off under the flesh and get into the spirit and when i say into the spirit i'm not talking about into the into i'm not talking about uh, 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 hear me carefully because i need you to understand that in the spirit doesn't mean that you always in i'm trying to hear from god in my ear glory be to god thank you master oh i heard that lord oh, i got that no to be in the spirit is to get into God's word and obey what the word says. John 6, 63 says, the flesh profits nothing. It is the spirit God gives life. The words I speak to you, they are spirit. The word of God is spirit. You want to get into the spirit? Get into God's word. I promise you. Before I started getting into God's word, 17 years ago, this is how my life was. Like a roller coaster. Like, a, I need a word from the Lord. I need. Mr. Grover. I run into truth. Truth has a way of stabilizing you. It has a way of fixing you. It has a way of grounding you. And you get what I'm saying? So you don't walk around. Always expecting a word. You don't be on your way to church asking God for a word. You come as an asset to help the pastor. To help the saints because you're in the spirit. And that is where we need to get into 2022. I'm going to show you how you can worship God and how your life can change from how the magis. I'm going to show you. Are you getting me saints? I need you to understand what I'm saying because it is time we are. The world has changed. And now we need to get into the spirit. We need to get in and understand a few things. We need to understand that the God of this world is the devil. And he will use what's happening out there to influence us. Don't you ever, I'm going to tell you something, don't you ever forget that. The entire book of Acts is, the entire book of Acts records how the government fought Christians. They fought Christians. They fought our agenda. It has always been like that. They fought Jesus. They fought the apostles. Some of the apostles said, we rather obey God than men. So it doesn't matter what they come with that's looking good. They don't have the right motive. Well, I, 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 if you want me to make it plain, I'll make it plain. But I want you to keep that in mind. They, are never, they never have God's agenda in mind. Because and they don't know it because it's the devil that's working his system to ensure that the church loses its voice, to ensure that the church gets discouraged and gets fearful. The devil needs fear, that's how you control people. Let me move on. <laughs> uh, that's why the phrase fear not is there. Oh, more than 365 times in the Bible. Because God knows that's how the devil manipulates people. He gets them together by fear. Mm -hmm, that's what he does. He hasn't changed. And he uses men and women to do that. That's his agenda. <laughs> oh, Father, we thank you. And so, brothers and sisters, God decided to share the good news first with the angels. Amen. Not sorry, with the shepherds, because God is not a showboat, not a showboat. He likes looking out for the underdog. And so again, if you feel, if you're looking this morning, if you are looking this morning and you feel like you're alone, you're not alone. You feel alone because you're in the flesh. Let me say that again. You feel alone because you are in the flesh.
You can look, you can be alone and not lonely. You can be alone and not lonely. If you don't get into your feelings, you won't be lonely. Look, I know what I'm talking about. I've been there. <laughs> oh, glory be to Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Let's continue because I see we have very little time. Amen. So after 400 years of silence, suddenly the angel of the Lord burst forth on the scene with an announcement from God to a group of people who were faithfully doing what they normally do. And I want, I want you to keep that in mind. After four, 400 years of silence, all of a sudden, <laughs> you know, saying stick to evilness, stick to evilness, stick to evilness is a rare attribute. Stick to evilness right it's a rare attribute but it is so necessary for achieving one's goal and for experiencing suddenness telling you sins stick with it let me tell you stick with god's word stick with god's word stay with god stay with god you're going to you're going to outlast your problems outlast your challenges stay with god as we get over in 2022 don't you get discouraged be steadfast unmovable always abounding first corinthians 15 57 58 around there amen always abounding amen always abounding not just not not just dabbling abounding can you put it can you put it do you have it second corinthians 15 i think it's 59 is it that's it 58 always abounding always abounding in the what work of the lord where is it first corinthians 15 58 amen be what steadfast unmovable always abounding as that's what i said not always dabbling that's what we do you got to abound since to see any to get to material for what you do what you do for god for you to see results you got to abound in it you cannot just do it here, there, sometimes. You got to abound because God is a God of abundance. Everything about God is abounding, abounding, abounding. Uh, everything about God is overdoing it. <laughs> the right, do, overdoing the right thing. <laughs> Amen. Overdoing the right thing. Everything about God is, <laughs> is abundant. That's what, that's what God is looking for. And when I talk about being overabundant, I'm talking about being fanatical. Mm, being fanatical. Nothing stops you in delivering for God. And you get what I'm saying, saints? Oh, glory be to Jesus. Hallelujah. Verse 9 says, And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord, the glory of the Lord, the glory is the visible manifestation of the presence of God. These angels were in God's presence, so they were shining because the bible said god is the father of lights amen i think it's uh james 1 17 or john 1 17 sorry the father of lights in whom there is no none at all that's who god is so they were in his presence and god sent the angels and the bible said that the shepherds they were so afraid i would be and god is such a good god he sent one angel Amen. He sent one angel just to ensure that they get accustomed to what's coming. <laughs> because what he's doing, he's pulling back the curtain of heaven slowly but surely. If he just opened the entire curtain, they're going to fall out. But he wants them to be in their right mind. And the Bible says, and the angel said, fear not for behold, I bring you good tidings. What? Of great joy. I bring you what? good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people the angel is saying i am god's representative and i have good news from god i bring you what good tidings of what great joy but i can work that but i got to move on can you go to verse 11 verse 11 verse 11 says for unto you is born this day in the city of david a savior which is what he was just born and the angel, the angel took the liberty to share it with them. Good 
news has to be shared. You cannot be quiet on good news. People need good news. The world needs good news. Good news. Like it is good news like it is still possible to be healed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there are some platforms nowadays if you start talking about healing they take you out. There is something going on out there. I need you to know that. It is still possible to be healed. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. The Bible says healing is what? The children's bread. Bread is something normal in the house. Mm. It, is, it, it is. He didn't say healing is the children's steak. No, no. Steak is rarer than bread. Healing bread. And he, what God is saying, that's normal. No big deal. <laughs> Ooh, no big deal it's normal things oh it's gonna cost you something yeah it's gonna cost you something especially if like me i grew up pentecostal and i had a mindset you know some of us christians are the most religious people well let me say it in english some of us Christians are the most religious people. I was a religious person and God couldn't get through me. I was very religious. Why you hear what I'm saying? I had decided how I'm going to get to God and not how God said to come to him. Let me say that again. I had decided to get God's healing the way I wanted to and not accepted the way God said he was going to give it to me. Or I had to get off my high horse. I with me sense and look through the Bible and saw how people got healed. I had a hernia, it disappeared. Nobody laid hands on me. I'm saying healing is still possible. That's good news. So we tell it from the mountaintops. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Can you go a little further? Verse 12 says, and this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find a babe wrapped in. Can you go back to, there is a verse I want to spend some time on. Oh, is it the verse that talks about peace? Have I reached on peace, goodwill towards men? That's, that, that's what. Oh. Verse what? What verse is that? When the angel said, No, no, I think I haven't reached, I haven't, I, we, we haven't arrived there as yet. So, so verse, verse 12, for unto you this day, it, and this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, laying in a manger. Mm -hmm, he had just born, and suddenly, here it is, and what? And what? One angel showed up to get him accustomed to the glory of God. Because God is about to open the windows. He's about to pull the curtain. And he doesn't want him to faint. <laughs> and so the Bible says, suddenly, when they, get, when they begin to understand and get used to the, to the glory of the angel speaking, the Bible says, God just pulled down the curtain. And the Bible says, suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God. And what were they, this is what they were saying. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace. And on earth, what? Tell somebody, God is no longer angry. No, no, no. He's no longer angry with people. If somebody tell you God is angry, they are incorrect. The angel just said, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace. Goodwill, what? Toward men. That, no, that's good news. Psalm 7, 11 says, God is angry with the wicked every day. John 3, 16 says, for God so loved the world that he gave. I, Old Testament, God is angry. New Testament, God gave himself for the world. He is no longer angry. God said, peace. God is not at war with anybody. Amen. And because of time, I need to go to Matthew chapter 2. I cannot develop this particular uh, principle. But the Bible says, peace 
goodwill towards men. And that, listen, hear me, hear me, brothers and sisters. That peace is from God towards what? Men, not peace amongst men. There'll never be peace amongst men until the Prince of Peace comes. Are you getting what I'm saying? He didn't say peace amongst men. No, no, no. Human beings doesn't have what it takes to be peaceful with one another. I'm saying that too quick. Humans on their own doesn't have what it takes to be peaceful with one another. For that matter, Jesus said, I didn't come to bring peace. I came to bring war. He said, a father is going to turn against son. Son is going to turn against father, daughter against mother. That's what happened, that's what happened in the house when you get saved. When a daughter gets saved, come to his mother and father who doesn't have an idea as to what salvation is about. There's going to be friction in the house. So the peace God is talking about is peace from God towards human beings. God is no longer angry with us. I, I, I read one uh, commentator. He said, God is not even in, even in a bad mood. Mr. Grover, he's not in a bad mood. No longer in a bad mood. God is not angry with anybody. You know who's, you know who's angry with us? We are. Oh, your conscience will take you out in a heartbeat. Your conscience will have you crying. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, we know how to do. We know how to do us in. Let me say again. We know how to do us in. I get what I'm saying. We are the ones who who are angry with ourselves, not God. Peace, goodwill towards that word. Men here means human beings. That's why I entitled this sermon, Peace, Goodwill to Human Beings. That is God's message to us. Let's jump over to Matthew chapter. Can you go to verse 15? Let's see if there's anything else in there. I cannot develop this because of time. Verse 15 says, and then the angel said, yeah, the angel said, and it came to pass. As the angels were gone from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another. What did they say? We got good news. Let's go share the good news. Let us go now even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known to us. Let's, let us look for, let us get verification. Let us ensure that what we heard, we saw. We want to be witnesses of what we heard. And then they said, can you go to verse 16? And they came with haste and found Mary, Joseph, and the babe lying in a manger. Can you go to verse 17? I'm almost done. And when they had seen it, they made known what? Abroad. When they had seen it, when they were witnesses, they said, we heard, let's go see. That's what good Christians do. <laughs> we heard, let's search in the Bible and let's see. Then when I become a witness, I have the power to tell. Matthew chapter 2 verse 1. Quickly. Let's run through Matthew chapter 2 verse 1. Mm, bless God. We are told here. Matthew chapter 2. Where is Jesus born? In Bethlehem. They came from Nazareth. Luke chapter 2. Are you with me? There was a decree by Augustus. Praise the Lord. Taxation. They moved from Nazareth. They went to Bethlehem. Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Amen. Now, when Jesus was born in where? Of, the, of, of Judea, in the days of Herod, the king. Behold, there came who? Wise men from the east to Jerusalem. Wise men. Can you continue? Verse 2. Verse 2 says, saying, where is he that is born? King of the Jews. In a while, I'll give you some information on who the wise men were. But my time I want to spend is on verse 14 and 15. But let's read the text. Amen. Saying, where is he that is born? King of the Jews. For we have seen his star in the east. And are come to what? We have seen his star in the east. And we are come to what? Worship him. Let me share this with you, brothers and sisters. They made a journey from Persia to Bethlehem. 1,000 miles. It took them 9 to 18 months. Wise men crossed the desert. They have a huge entourage because and bodyguards because of thieves. That's what historians say. Because of thieves, they have to protect themselves. They have one goal in mind, and that is to do what? 
worship the king of kings because they saw his star in the east i'm about to make a point here you might not like it all we have to do is get through some rain to come to church let me move on here <laughs> verse 3 when herod the king had heard these things he was troubled and all jerusalem with him and when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together he demanded of them where christ should be born notice the bible says he demanded of them he what demanded the word there, he threatened them if you don't tell me this is the last time you're going to see anybody he demanded where because this is a new king on the block i'm king you're talking about king of the jews and so you went to the priest and the scribes these are the pastors and the teachers and the apostles and the prophetesses amen <laughs> he went to them can you go to verse 5 verse 5 says and they said unto him in bethlehem of judea for thus it is written by the prophet they quote prophet micah listen brothers and sisters the scribes and the pharisees and the sadducees knew about the star they're in bethlehem did nothing about it they would never seek him to worship him you see why he went to shepherds not every shepherd is a good shepherd and god knows that that's why he went to shepherds they are right in jerusalem they were more concerned about profiting from the people they were more concerned about having uh, you know getting respect walking around with long with long robes mm, more concerned about being more concerned about being popular who's the best who knows more walking the bible christ called them whitewash for whitewash walls full of dead men's bones open sepulchers I, I wouldn't say that but jesus can i tell somebody today you look like a grave full of bones folks will get mad but not jesus that's what jesus said to them jesus said you are whitewashed walls open sepulchers full of dead men bones you're just dry no spirit no wonder god moved on in bethlehem would not seek but they know they told the wise men now you got to be wise to travel 1000 miles with the best <laughs> wow you have resources of substance because not only you want to worship with your mouth you want to worship with your substance <laughs> oh god i give you praise and you cross desert after desert hot sun you put yourself in danger just to get and you wonder why well let me move on here you know some things you know some, you, you you don't want to say some things you know because it's missing missing to so, so to fight to be missing to preach it and forget mad praise the lord <laughs> you know i think paul is the one who told timothy i forget the scripture verse it says it says that you haven't started serving until you feel like you're bleeding and you're going to die that's what paul told timothy he said you haven't served unto blood as yet you remember that scripture verse i i that scripture verse oh my god i read that and I did some evaluation he said when you serve like you feel like you're bleeding when you bleed and you're going to die then you have really served until then be quiet oh i forgot the scripture verse i memorized it a long time ago but i know one of you are going to get it when you get it, let me know amen glory be to jesus and that's what he's talking you have have you endangered yourself in service for god to worship god Can you go to verse 6 verse 6 says verse 6 and thou bethlehem he's quoting from micah chapter 5 verse 2 you remember we used that verse last week micah chapter micah prophet micah had prophesied and they showed the wise men look they showed herod and thou bethlehem in the land of judea thou art 
not the least among princes of Judah, for out of you shall come a governor that shall rule my people. It's right here. Micah chapter 5 verse 2 is the same as Matthew 2, 6. Can you go to verse 7? Let's see what happens. Then Herod, when he privately called the wise men, he called the wise men privately. Amen. Inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. Amen. He called them quietly because he, he wanted to kill them and the baby. That's why he called them quietly. He didn't want anybody else in Jerusalem to know. These guys are always influenced by the devil. We know that. These the leaders of the world always influenced by the devil. Because he, the devil's agenda is to, is, to, is to stop God's agenda. And he will do whatever he wants to. He will work on people's insecurity. The worst people to deal with. And since you hear me carefully. The worst set of people to deal with. Or the most dangerous are people who are insecure. You are, you, you, are open, you are an open work for the devil. He'll just give you a thought and you'll move on it. Insecurity. And let me tell you how you get, can I tell you how you get insecure? Can I tell you how you get insecure? When you grow up and your parents don't tell you you are good. That you get insecure because if your parents don't tell you you are good, you are looking for that affirmation from everybody. So if, you, if you're in the house and they don't tell you, you're well done. That's why Jesus, God had to tell Jesus, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I'm well pleased. Every father should tell his daughter, well done. Every father should tell his son, well done. And brothers and sisters, if you don't get, if you don't get that affirmation, when you grow to get it, you're going to have to keep people down. So if you're, if you, if, and, and you hear me, I know, you, you know why I know I was like that. My father died, I was 15, 16 years old. Nobody said to me, good boy. Nobody patted me on the back. And so I felt the way to get my patting on, on the back is to keep somebody else down. Stay in church long enough, you'll see it. You don't have to say amen, you can say ouch. I was that person, I see it just like that. I see it every time. The most dangerous type of people. And if you are that person, get your affirmation from God. Seek God to the point where he's affirmed you. So you can be qualified to serve his people. Some of you wondering why God has to use you as yet. It's because you are still insecure. Okay. I know what I'm talking about. I've been there. God has to trust you with people. And you cannot keep them down. You cannot compare yourself with them. You got to serve them. If you are still comparing yourself. The Bible says in Ephesians. He that compares himself among themselves. And by themselves are not wise. I think it's Romans, right? They are not wise. They are what? Not wise. It happens all the time. And listen. When you get around the sins, listen. As to how we speak. Second Corinthians. 10, 12. 2 Corinthians 10, 12. Thank you, baby. 2 Corinthians 10, 12. Yeah, yeah. Okay. For we dare not make ourselves as of the number or compare ourselves with some that command, that come out. You see somebody always commending themselves. It's me, 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 me. I, 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 I. You know who said that? The devil. I, 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 I. Me, 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 me. Right here. But they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. Since you hear my heart, you hear me, I, I know. I have lived that. God brought that to my attention. When I dealt with that, my life changed. Can you go to verse, when you go to verse, um, Verse 14, that's where we are. <laughs> Wonderful. And the Bible says, and when he arose, no, I think it's verse. Uh, is it? Where are we now? Let's, we need to read until we get to, and he sent them and. No, no, go to seven. We're still on seven. Yes, thank you. 
Yeah, because I want to spend some. Then Herod, when he privily, privately called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star should appear. Can you go to verse 8? Verse 8 says, Uh-huh. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young, the what? You see that word young child? This is what I said. Young child. He didn't say a babe. In Bethlehem, a babe in a manger. Luke chapter 2. Remember verse 8. Here we are told in Bethlehem, but a young child in a house. It was after Jesus, Mary, and Joseph moved from the cave and formed themselves a house in Bethlehem. They were not, and that is what I wanted, that is the difference and the problem we have with the nativity, the Christmas nativity scene. In the nativity scene, we see, we see a babe in a manger with the three wise men. That's erroneous. Hmm? We are told that the wise men came to a house. We are going to read it in a while. Not to a, a cave where Jesus was in a trough. Can you go to verse 9? And we, you, you have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. Verse 9 says, And when they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star, <laughs> the star which they saw in the east went before them. I have to make a point here. All you have to do in searching God is get started, and God will send help. <laughs> they were in search of the savior and god sent help he sent a star to help them and direct them all you got to do is start that which god gave you on your heart to do in 2020 just start just get started and if it's god he'll send help if it's not you'll sink like lead let me see you better have a word yeah you better have a what a word from the lord but if you do, get started. Many of us, we have businesses in our hearts. We have books in our hearts. Amen. Get started. God will send the help. Albums. <laughs> get started. God will send the help. It is God in you wanting to make himself large. It is what God in you wanting to And the Bible says, when they had heard the king, they departed. I want you to see that phrase. Young child, young child, young child. That word, that phrase, young child, is used 14 times in the first 18 verses. Because God is trying to show us Jesus was not a baby in a manger when the wise men came. I think that's God's way of showing that to us. Telling us, heads up. The Christmas nativity sin is wrong. Amen. I believe God, God is wonderful. He answered that question a long time ago. Can you go to verse 10? Verse 10 reads, When they saw the star, they what? With what? They're on their way to worship. Is that the way you are in your car coming to, to, to the house of God? Are you coming with exceeding joy? Huh? Are you rejoicing on my way to worship the Lord? And I know, I see the house of God just down the road. What happens to your heart? <laughs> Man, I love this right here. I, I, I read this and it blesses my heart. It tells me how to get my heart ready to come to the house of God. Amen. I'm rushing. I'm rushing. And when I think of the house of God, when I see, praise the Lord, I'm about to take a around about and i see the house of god my heart the bible says they rejoice with exceeding great joy verse 11 i cannot spend too much time and when they will come into the house into what they will come into what uh-huh not the no no not the stable not the cave they came into a house. The wise men came into a, into a house. And I'm saying that because quite a few people called. I know many of you may be watching. Came into a house. They saw the young child. Whom, whom they saw? The young child with Mary his mother. They saw the young child with whom? 
where is Joseph? He had when he went downtown to sell some furniture. He wasn't there. I'm just saying that's not in the Bible. <laughs> he made a furniture run. You know why he made a furniture run? He hasn't gotten the gold, the frankincense. <laughs> And the mill. He doesn't know gold is on the way. <laughs> I prophesy to you. I'm going to hear me. That gold is on the way. Let me tell you, brothers and sisters. You keep showing up. You take the attitude. And it doesn't necessarily have to be money though. Notice I didn't say dollars. I said gold. Something that's rare and precious. Your gold may be a boo. Maybe a spouse. You never tell. Gold for you is different for me. So what's a name? You got to name your gold. You got to, Yeah, name your gold. Mr. Grover, you got to name your gold. Evangelist, are you naming your gold? Yes, Lord. <laughs> and what did they do when they saw Mary and Jesus? They fell down and what? Wow. They fell down on the That is what wise people do. Wise people are worshippers. Let me share this with you, saints. Do you know you can be do you know you can be educated in the things of the world but be a spiritual retard? Yes, yes. These men were these men were both they were educated. They were from the upper echelon of their society. These men were the astro I didn't tell you. I forgot to tell you about who these men were. They were the they were the astrologers. They were they were the, they were the ones that called sorcerers. The word magi comes from the word ma that's why we get our English word magic. But magi means it means it, it a priest. Yeah, it means yeah these were men very educated men i have the definition here father we give you praise i'm i'm looking at the time that's why Whew. let me give you wise men the word magi the, the the magi is plural of magus is derived from the title given to the wise men or religious leaders of the babylonians the Medes, and the persians the term subsequently came to be applied to those who claim to possess or use spiritual knowledge and power uh, to all magicians and uh, and to such other people the magi were originally priests teachers physicians astrologers soothsayers interpreters of dreams and prophets yes so it's not necessarily a bad word let me share this with you the bible says god has placed eternity of all men in the hearts of a safe men and unsafe men and that is what you see playing out here these unsafe men because of the experience and let me tell you where the experience came from quickly daniel in babylon prophesied there was going to come a star i don't have the time to go to the text a star was coming daniel's influence in babylon was great they remembered the magi said hey daniel was rescued by god he's a hebrew he's an israelite they began thinking they said hey esther this is still Persia. They said Esther was delivered. She's a Jew. Mordecai was delivered. He's a Jew. They began to think. They went back into the history. They said, oh, oh the three wise, the three Hebrew boys. <laughs> they began looking. You see, they read history. And they said, God has his hand on the Israelites. So what the men said, what Daniel said about the story is true. Let's back up a bit. You remember B Balak hired Balaam. Balaam was a magi. He was a soothsayer. So much so God, God ministered to Balaam. Balaam was the first one who prophesied about the star. And they said Balaam, he was the father of the, of the, of the magis. He founded that. Balaam was so authentic. God prevented him from casting a spell on Israel. You see, in the hearts of men, the Bible says God has placed eternity 
in their hearts. And you see men, they will travel for miles to worship what God placed, to worship God. That is why it is dangerous to reach at the top. When you reach at the top, you find the top is empty without God. I read, I read one millionaire by a by, um, by you and he said, Elder, Elder, this is what he said. He said, I wish somebody had said to me that when you reach at the top, it was that empty. He said, I have all the money, everything I need. But he said, I'm so empty at the top. He said, why didn't they tell me that? That's what you see happening. This man, they're empty. And you see, they're searching for the creator who can only satisfy that need. And they, go, they traveled thousands of miles, a year and a half, to be satisfied spiritually. Can somebody say thank God for Jesus? Yeah. The Bible says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. The wise men, they were filled because God sent a star. God will help you in your search for him. <laughs> or oh, you begin to pursue God, Mr. Grover, in 2022, he will give you the help you need. <laughs> oh, God, we give you praise. They fell down and worshiped him. They worshiped him. You know why? Because they know one day every knee shall bow and every tongue going to confess that Jesus Christ his Lord one day every president is going to bow one day every member of the senate is going to bow one day every dean is going to bow one day every professor is going to bow one day every scientist is going to bow one day every atheist is going to bow they are going to hit the deck in praise and worship to Christ our Lord. And we are in church now and we cannot worship him. We're in church now we cannot praise him because our minds so full of things. Our minds so full of our things. What's happening out there? Amen. What? You think about it. You know, I used to, you know, I used to I used to pray and ask God. I would read things in the Bible and I would ask God, why isn't this happening today? What's going on? Why did you, why did you show yourself that way to these people? Are they better than us? I grew up thinking they were better than us, Mr. Grover. I grew up thinking that because they were holy. You know, that's, what, that's what's preached. You gotta be holy. Not realizing we were born holy. If you know you're holy internally, it's going to work out itself. It's not anything from outside in. It's from inside out. And I began to read these things and I realized it's all about your pursuit. It's all about being humble. It's all about doing what God says to do. That's what it's about. We are just not willing to do what God wants. Let me tell you why we're not willing. Because we do not know. Most times we do not know. You read this right here and you see, you see educated men bowing. They hit the deck. The word here, the word right here, it says, you see, you see that word fell down right here? It means to fall down. It means to collapse. It means to unravel. Unravel. That's why I, that's why I said to you one day, when God send us some, some more worshippers like you all. I know, I know we all are worshippers. But I'm telling you, you'll be looking for me. I'll be in the center here jumping. <laughs> no magi is going to beat me on my praise. No Persian is going to beat me in praising God. The devil is a liar. <laughs> Ooh, they were looking for Jesus. I have Jesus. There's a lot I can say. There's a lot I can say here, but I got to move on. Yeah, they were looking for him. We have him. <laughs> oh, blessed be the name of you look at these words in the Greek, tears will come from your eyes. To see grown men, educated men, doctors and professors fell on their knees in the presence of a two-year-old. Not looking at who he is, but Labasata, but knowing who he is in essence. If we know who God is in essence, 
Let's read Philippians 2 verse 6. Let's, let's start from Philippians 2 verse 6. So, we'll, so we can understand. It says, let this mind be in you. Can, yeah. Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal to God. Can you go to verse 7? It's talking, but made himself of no reputation and took upon himself the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Verse 8 says, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. There it comes, here it comes, verse 9. Wherefore, God hath <laughs> highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus. Everybody's going to hit the deck one day. That at the name of Jesus, your knees, my knees, the knees of every president, the knees of every professor, the knees of every dean, those who have more degrees than a thermometer, they will take their bow. Oh, they will take their bow in Jesus' name. So I'm bowing now. Bow down and worship. Worship. <laughs> Let's finish the first quickly. Let's finish the first quickly. Can you go back to Matthew chapter? Let's finish the first quickly. Since you, you see now what I'm talking about. You, you, see, you see what's going on. And I'm, I'm going to share something with you that I don't want you to forget. Matthew chapter 2. And when they came, and when they bowed and worshipped him, and when they had opened the what? Their treasures. They presented unto him what? Gifts. What were the gifts? Gold. And frankincense. And myrrh. The Persians were known for these, these, for these spices. They were known for rich gold. They were known for frankincense and myrrh. Amen. These they had the best these the myrrh the frankincense and the gold from persia from persia and, and the Medes. i was reading about it and they said it was it was so superior than the others it was pure and how fitting it is to give to a king king jesus they gave him gold and i will tell you these men were not aware that these gifts they have prophetic implications they were not aware of that but God <laughs> under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit saw it fit for them to bring gold <laughs> because he was truly a king gold speak of his royalty frankincense speaks of his divinity frankincense i have the notes but i cannot read it frankincense it is a spice amen that is what uh the holy of holies that's what the priest burnt and it was it represented the prayers of the saints going up to god mm -hmm. so it represented his divinity one church father i think his name was oregon he said frankincense is the spice of a deity <laughs> ah, glory be to Jesus. So, and the third thing they bought was what? They brought was myrrh. You know, if you mix myrrh with wine, it's an anest, anest, it's an anest, an anesthetic. Yeah, that's what they gave Jesus. If you mix myrrh with wine, they mix myrrh with wine and they give it to Jesus. Myrrh, myrrh pointed to his burial, his humanity. So we have his royalty. We have his divinity and we have his humanity. His humanity. Are you with me? The Bible says that it wasn't Joseph. He was buried in the grave of Joseph of Arithmia. But who brought him 75 pounds of myrrh to embalm his body? There was, who's that guy he called and never came? The priest. No, he called the priest. Jesus called the priest. Nicodemus came to Jesus by night. Mm, and he never followed Jesus. Jesus said, come with me. They had a good chat. But because Nicodemus was well known. He was popular. 
Amen. Yeah. Yeah. He never accepted the call. There are people today never accepting, won't, won't accept God's call because they're too popular. They, they want to be with the, pop, with the populace. They want to be well known. That's what brings satisfaction to them. Mm? Nicodemus. Because people looked up to Nicodemus. And so he, he, I told you being insecure is a problem. That ego need to be fed. <laughs> if you're insecure, your ego need to be fed. Three gifts. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. There is so much I can talk. So much more I can say about this. You know, Jim and I were talking last week and some commentators said the gold, they needed it because Jesus had to go to Egypt. They needed resources. They needed money. They could also sell some of the frankincense because they brought a lot and the myrrh. So all these resources were very, very, they needed these to do what they needed to do for Jesus. So I'm here to tell you, brothers and sisters, one more time. Can I say it one more time? That God did not owe Mary any child support. He, <laughs> he provided more than enough. I just thought I would say that. Are you with me? He's a good, good father. Oh, God, we give you praise. <laughs> He's always giving more than enough. Now, this is my last verse and I'm done. My last verse. I promise. This is my last verse. I need you to see this verse. Can you go to verse 12? And I'm done quickly. And being warned of God in a dream, they should not return to Herod. They departed into their own country another way. Let me show this to you. And don't you, I'm going to share something if you don't, you forget that. Before they worship God with their substance, and on their knees, they had to ask everybody about the place of Jesus' birth. They had to ask everybody about God. When they worshiped the Lord and hit the deck, when they got up from their knees, God showed up in a dream. <laughs> Before worshiping God with their money and on their knees, they had to ask everybody about God. When they worship God and gave their substance, God showed up and said in a dream, I'm here to tell you, you want God's direction, you better learn how to worship. Not only worship with your mouth, you got to bring some money. You cannot separate true worship from not giving. And, and, and I, know, I know I'm talking, I know that has been, I know it has not been taught right and people take advantage of people with money. But brothers and sisters, true worship involves your voice. It involves your knees hitting the deck and it involves your pocket. Now that is true worship. When Solomon came to God, he offered 1,000 sacrifices. 144,000 animals. That night God came up and said, tell me what you want. God said, tell me what you want. You spent your money, 144,000 animals you sacrificed. What do you want, Solomon? What do you want? I'm here now. I see you are serious. For those of you who are not tithing, I feel sorry for you. Let me say that in English. Let me go on the stage here to say that. And I'm not telling you something I haven't done. I can testify how I've used my money. God opened up doors for us. If you are not honoring God with your money, I pity you. It's not about you. It's about what God is going to take his money to do. It's how God, goes, it's how God is going to bless us. It's not even your money. It's God's money. It's not your breath. <laughs> and since we have to be honest with one another, we have to tell people the truth. God came up with the idea of giving, not us. And it's all because for us. It's because of what he wants to do for us. You cannot separate true worship from not from giving. You cannot. Please take time to meditate on the word and let it sink into your heart and soul and mind today. Knowing that the Christian who meditates on the word will be like a tree planted by the water, bringing forth fruit in its season and prospering in all that he does. 
But what if you aren't a Christian today? What if you don't know if you're bound for heaven as a forgiven child of God? If that's you, then let's take care of it right now if you're ready. Do you believe that Jesus died for your sins? Are you ready to be forgiven of your sins and washed clean and made new? Are you ready to begin your new life in Christ? Then turn to God right now and say, Lord, I love you. I need you. I repent of my sins. Lord, please forgive me and wash me clean. I receive your forgiveness right now as I put my faith in Jesus as my Savior. God, please lead me and teach me and show me how to live from now on. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And if you're looking for a good church family, you'll be welcomed with open arms at Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee, located at 4750 Capital Circle Southeast near Tram Road. Sunday school begins for all ages at 10 a.m. and the morning service begins at 11 and the Wednesday evening service begins at 7. This is a life-giving, multicultural, multi-generational church where people of all races, backgrounds, and walks of life come together to worship, to be inspired in their love for God, to develop relationships, and to be empowered to live out God's purpose for their lives. Find more information on their website, imitatorsofgodministries.com, or call the church, 850 408 8496.